I got to purchase penis, you need to purchase pussy. Until then, go fuck yourself. Love you, Rebecca. Your ears are being violated with Tranny Wreck 30. Podcasting from Portland, Oregon, this is Tranny Rack. On today's show, we're going to go ahead and play the anal half of my interview with Schnauzer Logic host, Robin Goldstein. I hope you enjoy this, motherfucker. How the hell? Hell is everybody. Today is Sunday, June 11th, 2006. My name is Rebecca Nay and you're listening to Tranny Rick Radio. Whether you're listening through my favorite medium of podcasting or you're listening from trannyrick.com or through transfm.org, thank you so much for listening. And you also might be listening on MySpace, which is what this song, courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network, is all about. This is MySpace by Joshua Grossfind. Hope you enjoy. Tell my mom I'm on here I say I'm 23 with a pierced ear And that's a blatant lie I added friends a whole night I feel so popular and great As I watch the cunning ways They fight over my top eight My top eight Well, I'm sorry, dude I can't plug your band And even if I did I don't think it'd help you Understand that you suck It's true You guys are just really, really bad But hey, from the bottom of my heart Thanks for the ad. Well, it's my space, and I'll do it my way. I'll write my name in six-point font. Fuck that shit, make it 20. Well, it's my space, and I'll do it my way. I'll flash my cleavage all you want. One of these cans, fellas, respect me. Well, it's me. my space, and I'll do it my way. 
I'll post some pictures of my ass. Hurt, hurt ass. And it's my space, and I'll do it my way. Then go and teach my fourth grade class. Hope I don't lose my job over this. So rise up, my fellow MySpace, or stand Whoa. tall and proud. Take pictures of yourself flipping off the camera so that you bad. set up to take your own picture. Look tough and say you like to get in fights. I will mess you up. Ladies, make sure you take plenty of cleavage shots. You don't want a man to accidentally respect you, do you? Pieces of me. There's no room for that on MySpace. Or all you rock and roll kids with your jet black hair and your tight jeans wearing t-shirts. You don't understand that shit. You're 16. You don't know what G.I. Joe the cartoon was. So take off the shirt and get real. Hey, fat girls, start taking body shots. Not just the shoulders up. Be proud of yourself. And nerd boy, turn on the light. Show that acne. Want that acne. Well, it's my space, and I'll do it my way. Check out my car, man, it's so sick. Honda Civic, baby, trip Well, out. it's my space, and I'll do it my way. It compensates for my small dick. Oh, I don't believe it. I don't well, believe it. Well, it's my space, and I'll do it my way. I take my photos in the mirror. I'm in the bathroom, check this shit Well, out. it's my space, and I'll do it my way. The other kids, they call me queer. Well, it's my space, and I'll do it my way. My space, and I'll do it my way. That was MySpace by Joshua Grossfint, and uh, this is my show, and I'll do it my way any way I want to, motherfucker. Anyway, I guess that's the verbiage of the day. Um, Okay, so let's go ahead and play the anal half of my interview with Schnauzer Logic podcast host Robin Goldstein. As you recall, last week... Uh, we talked about uh, how she transitioned, detransitioned, and retransitioned. We talked about how retarded the gender binary was and, and how stupid labels are. And that leads into our discussion about her radio career and her show. And we'll play that for you right now. The thing with me, right, is yes, I identify as a female socially. But I um, I find myself embracing, I, I mean, I think I've always embraced a lot of the socially identified male parts of who I am. And mm-hmm. what I've noticed is that whenever I do things that are stereotypically male, like talk about sports, which mm-hmm. is, you know, I make people around me uncomfortable, like when I'm at work. Or whenever I do anything that you that you would socially, you know, tag a male label to, um, you know, because women are supposed to be soft-spoken and, and and not really ask a lot of questions, you know, and all these bullshit things that go on, um, you know. It's you know, and I've taken a lot of flack from the transgender community. Uh, not a lot. I've taken some flack from the transgender community because of the voice I choose to use on a day-to-day basis. Because I choose not to use that uh, male poison testosterone voice. 
Um, but yet at the same time, I can't get my voice to sound genuinely female. And, and I've taken, you know, criticism, you know, and of course that is all very subjective because, well, of, you know, of course it is, you know, and, and so, so it's interesting. The only concern I really have about my voice is from a physiological perspective, which is something I have to continue to look into. Sure. Uh, sure. To, Cause you don't to want to hurt yourself. Exactly. Or maybe you're into that. I don't know, but well, I mean, you don't want to hurt yourself yeah. unnecessarily. I, I don't want to cause any <laughs> irrep. Exactly. You don't want to cause any irreputable damage. That's right. <laughs> You know, I don't want any pain that's not caused by a whip or a paddle, basically. But uh, that's another story for another day. God bless you. You're a great humanitarian. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think what's what's so interesting, I don't know if you're, you or your listeners remember, it was a couple of years ago there was um, a researcher in Southern California, and I don't remember which university it was. I don't think it was UCLA, but it was a researcher who was doing research uh, genetically on uh, homosexuality, causes for homosexuality. But along the way, what one of the conclusions he came to is that our gender identity, because he realized that homosexuality was uh, a, a kind of, um, you know, social sexual preference, but that the greater scheme was the whole gender identity and that mm -hmm. sexual preference was a part of that. And that was made up of, I think he said something like, uh, parts of 44 or 43 different gene, you know, different genes or 42 or 43 different parts of genes. It wasn't sort of one gene or another gene. It was parts of a bunch of them. And I wrote to him and I said, I want to thank you for coming to the conclusion that the solution is not found in one location because I have always subscribed to the quantum theory of gender, which is to say for many people, you know, gender identity is located on these, we'll say, 42 genes, and they're parts of them, and for the most part, they kind of bunch up in either the male household or the female household the way they would in any kind of quantum theory, but in fact, you may find that there are errant, you know, parts that are in other places. I think for transgender people, those things wind up in the other house, you know, where you wouldn't expect them, but not necessarily all in the other house. And for me, it certainly felt like half of them were in one and half of them were in the other. And so rather than being um, uh, right in the center and having this kind of androgynous behavior, in fact, it felt to me like I was bunched up on both ends. And we all know how painful that can be. Seriously, folks, I'll be here all week. But it felt to me like my identity was bunched up on both ends and that was fine. And, and he was appreciative. He said that was an interesting way of looking at it. He would, you know, might use that in the future and not credit me. And I said, well, that's what makes you a professor. But, um, <laughs> I think that, I think that is true. So for anyone to talk about, you know, being authentic or real, that's one of the reasons I embrace postmodern deconstructionism because I don't know what it means to be a real female. As you've mentioned and as, as I've talked about with my friends and on my own show, for every characteristic, every single characteristic that you can point to as being authentically male or authentically female, I can find that characteristic in another person that you would, I, you would accept and identify as being female and vice versa. And, you know, and God bless the intersex people who are, mm -hmm. you know, who are the wild card in the deck every goddamn time. Mm -hmm. And so instead of getting stuck on that, let's instead move to a, a situation where we sort of embrace whatever it is that makes us who we are. You know, kind, loving, compassionate, funny, weird, twisted, fucked up people. 
and and move forward. I mean, that's really part of the the evolution of ourselves as a species. I have a theory that we are now seeing the beginning of whatever follows Homo sapiens. You know, and and I imagine looking at you know paleontology paleontological records that you know that Homo sapiens and Cro-Magnon man existed on this planet at the same time. It's not like one disappeared on one day and then you know the following weekend after Monday they showed up. You know the next showed up. They were walking around on this planet for probably you know thousands if not millions of years at the same time. And I'm guessing that as Cro-Magnon realized that their time was coming to an end. They got really, really upset, and I bet they passed a whole lot of legislation trying to keep them, the, you know, the the uh, the uh, Homo sapiens down. And I think what we're seeing is the beginning of just the very, very beginning of the next step in the evolution of of the human species. Boy, I, you know, that's that is a really interesting uh, perspective. Uh, you know. So, you know, because I'm sure, you know, the whole gender dysphoria, transsexualism, we know homosexuality has been around uh, as long as, you know, er, you know, for every species as long as they've existed. But the, the, the whole, uh, I just basically want to see the whole gender binary go away. And the, the, the interesting thing is, is my, I, as a transsexual woman, find myself getting caught up in it. It's just like today. You know, I have a tendency when I see somebody who is pregnant, I, I have a tendency to ask if they've gotten their ultrasound to find out what the gender is. And I, and I think I use that as a way to start conversation. And mm -hmm. I just, and I did that today. And after I was, I asked that question, it just hit me. It's like, you know, and and she she and her response was, "Oh, I really want to know what the gender of the child is," and I almost as soon as she said that, that bugged me so bad. I almost wanted to say, <laughs> "Why?" But that wouldn't have been appropriate because number one, I asked the fucking question, you know, mm -hmm. and so I sit there and ask myself afterwards, "Why did I ask that question?" Why did I ask if she had the ultrasound to determine the gender of the baby? I almost, another part of me almost wanted to say, you know, I hope that the, the test comes back inconclusive. <laughs> well, you know, you, you asked the question because of social conditioning. Also, uh -huh. you're, you're a caring person, so you, you wanted to strike up a conversation, show them that you were interested in what they were going through. And it's not a bad question. There's The, the question is value neutral. It's the fact that you that you ascribe some meaning to whatever the answer is. I have friends who recently um, gave birth to a baby, and I, obviously we hung around together. And people would come over, and they would say, "While um, you know, while Sandra was pregnant, is it a boy or a girl?" And before she could answer, I would chime in. I would say, "That's a lot of pressure to put on the kid," you know, and. Uh, and she appreciated it. You know, people will say that. It was like, well, really, we, we, we're not really, you know, we're not, we'll let the kid decide. We feel it's, it's too much responsibility for us to take away from the child. Ultimately, what happens, my feeling is, you know, I am a, a, a transgender activist of one in my own life. Everyone who meets me in the, in the world whether it's while I'm shopping at a supermarket or I'm driving my car or I'm at, you know, as an attorney at, at, a, at a corporation or listening to my podcast or whatever it is, you know, because I interact with the world constantly. Go to the, you know, go to ball games, huge San Francisco Giants fan. Everyone who meets me 
if they read me, then they're reading someone who's transgender, and the fact that I'm out and interacting with other people means that that makes it a little bit harder for them to marginalize me because I look so fucking normal and I'm just so fucking happy. And the people who don't know and then find out, they have the same kind of experience. And so I think we each get to change the world one person at a time. And that's the best that I could possibly hope for. They talk about all politics being local. I think all gender politics is local. Now, that's not to say that I'm, I'm sorry that there are people out there like Ricky and Nancy and other folks who are doing this kind of work. This is important work for them to be doing. And this is how they're expressing themselves. And, and I, you know, as I say, I think in many ways they've saved many of our lives. But for me, as someone who feels that I just need to be who I am, my gender activism is a matter of just being who I am, talking about it, being myself, and letting people scratch their heads and saying, okay, gosh, now I know someone who's transgender, now I think that he or she is funny, and now I don't know how to respond to them because the pronouns, when I mess up the pronouns, they don't get upset. When I say that they look pretty, they don't get upset. When I say that, when I say male things to them, they don't get upset. God, they don't seem to be upset about any of this stuff. Okay, now I realize that if I'm having problems, this is my own problem, and I'm thinking, right, and I'm helping help you work through it, but at the end of the day, this really has nothing to do with me. This has to do with things that you are confused about, and I love the Buddhist concept of confusion. The Buddhist concept of confusion, it's something to be embraced because it means that the thing that we were taught to be true and what we're perceiving with our own senses are at odds with each other, so here's a place for great knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's a and that's a good segue into your show. Do you still have time to talk to talk about your show a little bit? Are you uh, kidding? We're talking about radio. I could talk with you all night long. Hell yes. Well, see, and and <laughs> this is the great thing about podcasting is the flexibility. Like I, I'm 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 actually getting to the point now to where I'm probably going to put you in uh, two of my shows or two of my whorls. So um, Robin Goldstein is too big for one show. God. Damn it! Um, <laughs> so it, now, as far as Schnauzer logic, I your show definitely stands out on Trans FM because it's not a show about uh, transgender issues. Um, it's not a show that focuses on. Uh, transgenderism and my question is what the fuck's wrong with you no i'm just kidding um well that would take an even third segment if oh, you wanted to know what shit. the fuck was wrong with me so <laughs> no no so, I, I think that and you know just as you've explained your life and your whole philosophy behind you know you know and, and this is why how i see it as a segue to schnauzer logic uh schnauzer logic is definitely sends that message of yes I'm transgender or whatever the fuck you want to call me straight Buddhist white uh, homo sapien whatever the fuck uh, I hate labels <laughs> type thing um, you, that show toast so, so says that yet at the same time you know you're not bashful about it so and it's like for anybody that uh, you know your show is almost really a great segue into you know for those that are you know that don't want to get bombarded with just transgender issues see here's here's how i look at my show Mm -hmm. supposing everything that everyone in the transgender community 
is working towards that kind of gender fluidity where we don't judge people on the basis of their gender, whether it's perceived or observed, how they understand themselves, that we move beyond all of that, and people are, are able and willing and free to express themselves in whatever way feels appropriate, uh, supposing we were successful in reaching that kind of nirvana. And someone who was transgender had a radio show. What would that show sound like? Well, fuck, it would sound like schnauzer logic. And so I thought, damn, just cut to the, cut to the chase. Uh, for me, I'm there. So just cut to the chase. This is the show that I want to have. I love radio. I started out on a 250 watt AM radio station in Warwick, New York, WTBQ. I was 17 years old. I was the kid. I would rip and read the news. I would make Bloody Marys for the, for the aged drunk DJ. And I would get a chance to work the board on the weekends. And I thought, this is my passion. I got to college. I did college radio at Wellesley College, WZLY, 91.5 FM, 640 AM in Wellesley College, Wellesley, Massachusetts, and spent all of my time, as much time as I could on the campus, moved away from it, and I thought to myself, if I had a chance to be back on the air, I would get back on the air. So I wound up going through training again to get up to speed onto all the latest technology and the business and all of those things, transitioned again because at that point I thought I needed to be in a male expression in order to be able to do radio. Now what I realize is, gosh, I, I, I might have been able to move right to the big time in New York had I gone on the air as a transgender broadcaster who was living female. But, of course, I wasn't that smart, you know, so I kind of blew that particular chance. But I thought to myself, this is just a part of who I am. I'm interested in lots of different things. It's a morning show. It's a comedy show. I did Schnauzer Logic on KSCO, which is a 10,000-watt commercial AM station in Santa Cruz, California, for about five years. Ultimately, I wound up replacing Rush Limbaugh Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 in the morning, morning drive time. We were an AM show. I interviewed, you know, Richard Simmons and Ben Stein and Gary Coleman and Sugar Ray Leonard and, you know, Jan and Dean and whoever the hell was coming through town and whoever had stuff to plug. And, you know, this was just a regular talk show that was hosted by someone who was transgender. So if there were transgender issues or gender issues in general, I had a perspective, but it was not a show about gender activism. It was an entertainment show. It was Regis and Kathy Lee, and I got a chance to play both parts. Hell yes. <laughs> I, I left the show. I left the, I left the, broad, the airwaves after 9-11. Um, I had some medical issues. I wound up getting kidney cancer. Uh, and th there's nothing to bring you up short real fast than, than going in for what you think is a routine examination for food poisoning and finding out that you have kidney cancer. And, oh. and, and so then you go through that process. And then you come out the other side and then you realize, you know, all that Buddhist shit about living in the moment and be here now and, you know, live every moment like it was your last. Well, fuck. I, I think that's true. Now's the time to do that. And so I went through a personal process of taking inventory, um, you know, spent a lot of time, you know, doing my doing journals and figuring out all the things in my life that were working and that weren't working. One of the myriad number of things was gender identity, which is I thought to myself, I'm not comfortable in the gender that I'm in now. I think I need to take everything that I learned the first time around and integrate it, take all the stuff that I've learned in the last five years and integrate that, and then move forward again in female presentation. That feels like the right thing to do. A year after that, while recovering from kidney cancer and having a checkup, they discovered that I had a massive brain tumor 
unrelated to the kidney cancer. Six point wow. five inch, six point five inch uh, um, um, meningioma, completely unrelated. You know, bad luck lottery. And so here I am again, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, if you didn't get the message before, and you didn't get the message before that, you better fucking damn well get the message now. You have no idea how much longer you have to live. It could be another 50 years. It could be another two hours. So if there's something that you think you need to do, just fucking do it. And everybody else can go screw themselves. I have cancer. I can live my life any way I want. I had a brain tumor. I can live my life any way I want. Now, hopefully, people don't have to have cancer or a brain tumor to come to the same conclusion. Me, I was a little dense. So when it came time to wanting to get back on the air and do creative things again, I went back over to KSCO, looked at basically doing a weekend show with them again, you know, a couple hours on Saturday. But I thought to myself, I've got a studio, I've got friends, I want the ability to talk about things without the constraints of being on AM radio, which has tightened up even more in the last two years. With the and FCC so I thought, and all that bullshit. Absolutely. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do a podcast. I know how to do broadcasting. I've got all the equipment anyhow from being a voice actor and having my own studio for doing production work. I got two of the guys that I used to do stand-up comedy with and radio with, my good friends Parvis Vitali, funny, funny guy who's a talented musician, Sean Meehan, who's the smartest guy that I know, and I said, hey, we're going to do a show every week and we're going to see what's happened. Yesterday we taped the 18th episode, so we've now done 18 weeks of programming. We have about 500 people who download the show every week and somewhere between another three and 500 people who listen on the Live 365 stream. So we're reaching somewhere between 500 and 1,000 people every week, and we're making them laugh. And what I realized was when I was doing stand-up comedy, which I did for a couple of years in the Bay Area, the open mics and the showcases and stuff here in San Francisco, a couple of times down in Los Angeles, if I could go and knew that once a week I could make an audience of 500 people laugh for two hours, damn, I would be doing just fine. So I said, that's the Hell kind of yeah. show we're going to do. We're going to do an entertainment show. We're going to have fun. It's basically going to be a morning show that's part of a podcast. We're going to have bits and characters and routines. We'll talk about current events. We'll get serious when we need to. But it's going to be our show to make any way we want. And that's what Schnauzer Logic is all about. Wow. So, well, and see, and when I first listened to it, I, 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 to be honest with you, this is like the moment of confession, you know, confession background music, home, home, or whatever the fuck it is. When I first listened to Schnauzer Logic, initially, to be completely honest with you, Robin, I was turned off, and the only reason I was was because I was sick of morning radio. I was, I at that point, it sounded just like morning radio, which... I had gotten absolutely <laughs> sick of, hey, everybody, we're going to do a prank call. Just the fake bullshit that you hear on mainstream radio. It drives me fucking nuts now. See, and I, I didn't have a problem with it before podcasting. But now when I listen to mainstream radio, it's just like, get a fucking life. Because of the, you know, because I, I've come to love the real and the cutting edge content that uh was uh available on podcasting and mm -hmm. uh so and i you know to be honest with you i think it was the episode where you guys talked about the oscars and uh pop culture tends to not be my favorite set you know every once in a while sure, i'll get sucked sure. in but yeah but you then, know you don't have to apologize it's i mean that's the thing well, is, it's entertainment what i'm saying is I, I went back a little later on and started listening to your show and now i'm hooked 
you well, know, that, and it's that's like, because, because you do have that cutting edge that comes with podcasting, yet the professional sound of a radio show. You're, you're, you're sweet you're to say bitch. that. Uh, obviously, <laughs> well, fuck you too, you cunt. But seriously, folks, I'll be here all week in my second bedroom talking to myself. No, um... Well, first of all, thank you for the kind words, which were in there somewhere, I think. Um, second, <laughs> second of all, we're obviously learning. And so, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you do commercial radio, you have callers and you have a clock that's basically run by commercials and the news at the top of the hour and sports. And if you're in drive time, you've got traffic and all that kind of stuff. So we needed to get our legs. Sean and I had not done radio for about two years, and Parvis had done only, I mean, I'd done a lot of stand-up with Parvis. I knew that he was a funny guy, but he hadn't done any radio. So we were all learning together. As the show has gone on, you know, now into the 18th week, we're sort of figuring out what works for us, what doesn't work for us, things that are too long, things that are too short, things that are boring. Um, mm -hmm. And so we're trying to get a, a re, you know, get more real about that. But I, I appreciate, listen, the nice thing about podcasts is, it, not every show is going to be for everyone. If you don't like it, you fast oh. forward through stuff, and then you just go, "Hey, this Absolutely. wasn't for me." Absolutely, and that is what is really because I know, like some of my listeners probably love the interview aspect of my show, you know, because I, I try to mix my shows up where some shows sure. I'll do an interview and some I'll ju it'll just be all me. Sure. And, yeah, and so so exactly, and that's that's one of the beautiful things about podcasting. I know, if you had asked me a year ago this time if I was going to be doing an internet radio show or radio of any kind, I would have told you you were fucking high, because it just kind of found me, and mm -hmm. my audience sure. is sure. right around the same size. Uh, uh, yours is because right. I'm I'm kind of a whore and I like to put myself <laughs> on just about any show that's out there. Outstanding. But but, but I I've I've done a lot of networking with the the podcast uh, community at large cool. outside of Trans FM, mm -hmm. uh, especially uh, Q Potter. I don't know if you're familiar with Q Potter. No. Um, it's QPotter.org. It's basically okay. a listing for. Pretty much, it's it's run by uh, Madge Weinstein, uh, and basically, it's a community of basically people that mostly identify as queer in one way or another, or queer supportive, those that support, you know, gay rights. Sure, so, sure. And uh, that cool. has been a community that uh, I've, I've become attached to as well, even though I, ki I kind of consider Trans FM to be my immediate family, and... Mm -hmm the Q Potter family to be my little bit larger family and then the <laughs> podcast community to be my polygamous family. Um, but uh, so no, there's, there's, just, and I've harped about podcasting a lot on the show, so I'm not going to pain the listeners with that, but right. it's just such a fucking cool medium. I know when I first started with my first show, Tranny Rec 1, I thought it was horrible. I honestly thought I was going to be doing a show for like three to five people. And that's who I thought I was talking to. And what has happened is everybody that's found my show since then, for some strange fucking reason, has wanted to go back and listen to show number one. And Which is wonderful. Yeah, oh yeah, it's great. Now, want, I, just pull, I just pulled that show off of the server, my first ten shows off, to... Uh, conserve. Uh, Ooh, like Disney. They're going back in the vault. 
Yes. But they'll be uh, brought by out the way, special Trent, DVD. Exactly. Ad. By the way, Trenuric listeners, for any of you that want to listen to the first 10 shows, uh, send me an email and I'd be with your snail mail address and I'll be happy to mail you a CD. But, uh, uh, see, I know. I'm, I'm, That's I'm service. so nice. Don't tell That's anybody. That's service. All right, I won't I, tell anybody. It, you, you have to come to Portland and perform oral sex on me, though. So, anyway. Me? What? But, oh, um, I'm talking. Talk well. If you want to, you can too. But I'm talking to the listeners. So but, what? Uh, what happened? What? So so the short answer to your question about why the fuck on Trans FM, which once again we'll sort of digress, is when we started the podcast, I did a press release that got run all over the world uh, through PR Web because it was their podcast month, and I did a very funny, you know, press release. It got picked up and run all over the place. I sent a copy off to the folks at uh, at Gender Talk, Nancy's program. Ethan, who is one of the producers of the show, saw it and listened to it, and he sent me an email, and he said, I, I have this uh, sort of amalgamation of gender-based shows uh, called TransFM, who would make you a part of it. And I went to the site, and I listened to a bunch of shows. I listened to yours, and uh, I listened to a bunch of you them, and I, thought, and, and I thought, I don't think I have very much in common with these people. So I wrote back to him, and I said, you realize that I, I am self-identified out transgender person, but this is not a show about gender, and... and you know, much to Ethan's, you know, great reward, he said, I, I understand that, but I have a schnauzer and I think you're fucking funny. And I said, dude, add this to the list. You know, we're happy to be the comic relief, the court jester, if you will, of the, the Trans FM. So I'm sure that there are people that listen to Trans FM stream and when our show comes on, they go, this is just a bunch of, you know, three guys in a room bullshitting with each other and they turn it off and that's okay. From their point of view, that may be what the show is and, and that's fine. You know, mm -hmm. you can't please... The thing that I learned in stand-up comedy, it's hard to learn it in radio because in radio you don't have audience reaction. You're basically talking to yourself or the people in the room who are likely to be friends, producers, things of that nature. But when you're doing stand-up comedy, you've got immediate response from the audience. And if you're worried about whether the audience is laughing, you're guaranteed to bomb or become a hack in record time. The key to being a successful stand-up comedian is that you do and say things that make you laugh because you think that they're funny and not because you're trying to get a, a reaction out of somebody. And mm -hmm. so that's what the show's all about. So I understand that there are people that dig the show, people that don't dig the show, people that will dig the show and then stop digging the show, people that didn't like the show and then they do like the show in the beginning. They're going to come. They're going to go. I'm thrilled when I know that there are people who are listening to the program overseas and at 3 o'clock in the morning when they can't sleep, they're laughing about some bullshit with Parvis and his plumbing job and how he wants Bob Lamb to tell him that he's doing a good job uh, on the... For me, that is the most... Because uh, I think humor is the greatest medicine in the world. It, bar none. I don't think there's anything more powerful than laughing, than humor, than... And the ability to deliver that to people is is absolutely. I've always wanted to do that my entire life. I I think I have a brand of humor that's a little bit off and unique from everyone else, which I I love. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and so I I think that uh, you know you being on Trans FM, I think is an absolutely critical. 
uh, you know, I, I'm glad you're in the family for one. Thanks. Because mad, mad props to Ethan because he was the one who said, hey, I think this show needs to be a part of what we're doing. And I, so, you know, he's the one who really needs to get all the credit. We were doing the show, you know, without any knowledge about what was going on in Trans FM. I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. I'm thrilled that there are people who, you know, who can pick it up who wouldn't otherwise be able to get it. That's, that's a terrific thing there. Trans FM would not exist without Ethan, and uh, you know it's the, the the whole just existence of Trans FM is something that is uh, very special. And I know if he was on the line with us, he'd be telling us to shut the fuck up and wouldn't want to take any credit. But well, you got to give it where it's due, you know. That's a guy thing. Yeah, exactly. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fucking men. What's wrong with them nowadays? Fuck. <laughs> Thank you so much, Robin, for being oh. on uh, this uh, fucked Thank up you. show called Tranny Wreck. Thank you and, very much, Rebecca. Uh, it's been my pleasure. I hope that it's been uh, illuminating, if not entertaining. Well, we'll we'll decide that later on. I gotta smoke right. a bowl first and take some mushrooms, and then I'll get back to you. www.schnauzerlogic.com. S C H N A U Z E R L O G I C dot com. That's the uh, that's the website, the blog page. Uh, the show's available on uh, on uh, iTunes, and I'm, I know that you put links to uh, to the RSS for your listeners as well. So, uh, and if they don't want to download the program. And they go to the blog page. There's a little inline uh, MP3 player that will just play it right in their uh, a browser. So they can just open a browser window and uh, play it right there in their office. Wonderful. Plenty of options there. Thank you again for joining Thank you. me. And you have a wonderful evening. You too. And don't stop what you're doing. It's an important voice out there. We need to have it. I want to thank uh, Robin Goldstein for taking the time to come on the show and uh, share her life with all of you. If you have any questions or feedback about that interview, please uh, direct them towards me, trannyrec at gmail.com, and, uh, or leave a line, a voicemail, uh, 50360-USE-ME, or you can even comment on the message board uh, at trannyrec.com. And, of course, I will forward any questions related to that interview uh, on to Robin Goldstein as well. You can also go to her website and email her directly. Let's go ahead and play a song. This is from Sunny Cones and Kitty Cat Rodeo. This is Anymore.
That was Anymore by Sunny Cones and the Kitty Cat Rodeo. And you know where I found that song. Music.podshow.com Got an email from a listener, a fairly new listener. His name is uh, Kenneth uh, Stoffler from The Flattish Show. He said, Rebecca, I just wanted to say hello. I just picked up your show and have listened to the last six or so shows. Really enjoy hearing your opinions and views Thanks for podcasting, Ken, from The Flattest Show. Thank you so much, Ken. And uh, he went ahead and sent me his promo. Let's go ahead and play that right now. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jane. How you doing? Fine. Mm-hmm. You know that guy that's in the cubicle next to Laurel? Mm-hmm. He's a podcaster. The Flattest Show. Hi, I'm Kenty, and Jose's here, and we're inviting you to come listen to our weekly podcast. We talk about cooking, the Bible, opera, we have interviews, I talk about Brenda Starr, no one else does that, sometimes fitness, I always have some commentary, I talk about my life, and more. Basically, I'll talk about whatever has my attention at the time. The Flatus Show can be found at iTunes and at Potter and other places on the web. Just do a Google search for The Flatus Show and you'll be sure to find it. See you there. He's a podcaster. I think that podcaster has venereal disease. Don't tell anybody. Thank you again so much, Ken, for... Uh, Writing in and supporting the show. Trying to listeners, go check his show out, The Flattest Show. Uh, and, of course, you can find that by Googling it. There will also be a link to his show in the show notes. Got another email here. Basically, it's some correspondence that I've had with Peaver Maverick from Windy City Queercast. I was just, he just recorded an interview with me uh, this week that will be airing on his show in the upcoming weeks. He's actually moving from a terrestrial radio show to a podcast only. And as far as I know, my interview is going to be one of the last ones that's going to air in the Chicago area. And from what he said, it can be picked up in some of the surrounding states. And I believe, let's see, though, the the, the radio show is on Sunday nights at 11 o'clock Chicago time. But you can also go to WindyCityQueerCast.com to find his podcast. And you can listen whenever the fuck you want and how the fuck you want going through the, the podcast medium, of course. Um, got another email from a listener who had some problems with the Tranny Rec Orgy Room, you know, my forum. Basically, what I think happened is he accidentally, when you sign up, it gives you two links to agree with the terms and conditions. It gives you a link that says you're under 14 years of age, and then it gives you a link that says you're over 14 years of age. And if you accidentally click the one that says you're under 14, it does the the, the forum, like the PHP, Bolt, BB, Bulletin Board, or whatever, the software does some kind of funky shit where you're supposed to send, like, a parental... Uh, authority form to me or something. So <laughs> don't click the under 14 unless you truly are under 14. And uh, to be honest with you, I, I don't give a fuck how old you are, if you're on the forum or not. That's not my fucking problem. It's If you're a minor and you're a kid, it's your parents' problem and they should be, 
you know, if they have a problem with you being on that form, then they should monitor your internet use. That is just my little opinion there. So, please go out and check the Tranny Rec Orgy Room, uh, trannyrec.com, and you'll see the forum button there. I am working on the website uh, still. I'm working on the WordPress version of my website uh, that is going to be introduced and probably replace my main website here in the next week or so. And it'll just have a lot more organization. You'll be able to search the website by topic. And things will just be a lot more organized. And, well, not completely organized because this is Tranny Rec Radio. And uh, my life is a clusterfuck. So let's talk about, let's see, are there any other emails? Um, No, that's pretty much it on the email side. I don't have any voicemails to play for you this week. So send the voicemails in, 503-608-7363, or you can even send in an audio comment, uh, preferably WAVE or MP3, which is what uh, one of our listeners did at the beginning of the show. So shouts out to Cheryl and uh, her girlfriend, Jayanne. They are friends of mine here uh, through Affirmation. And uh, they, I guess they also discovered the show. I'm not sure how they discovered the show, but I'm glad you did. Um, I basically had the last week off, and it has been wonderful. And I have recorded a whole bunch of interviews in the past week, so I've been rather busy uh, recording shit just for all of you Tranny Rec listeners. Um, if in the upcoming weeks, you're going to hear an interview with a 14-year-old trans boy from Northern Ireland. Yes, I did say 14, and uh, he's living in Northern Ireland. Uh, you're going to hear an interview with Cone Bremner from the Multidimensional Me blog. She also does an occasional podcast that you can hear uh, from her website, multidimensionalme.uk, and she's also listed on TransFM. I also did an interview with an ex-Mormon woman with an intersex condition. And uh, we talked about uh, her, uh, how, how, her, how that condition of being intersex affected relationships with her family and how the Mormon church influenced pretty much all of that. Um, and then, of course, I've got another installment of Tranny Rick Raw that could possibly become the most controversial uh, installment or episode on this show yet. So all of those are coming in upcoming weeks of Tranny Rec Radio. I'm excited to play those for you, and you better fucking be excited to listen, goddammit. So, and that's pretty much all I've got for you. We're going to go ahead and uh, wrap this up. Um, Oh, yeah, I was going to tell you before we wrap this up with a big, fat, greasy, hole-filled condom. um, I I, I did have the week off besides recording shows uh, and working on trannyrec.com. I also spent a lot of time on this crack-addicting game called World of Warcraft. I haven't talked much about that in this show, but... I, I do have to say, you know, because there's a lot of talk uh, in the potosphere about um, Second Life. And I have to say, I did get on to Second Life briefly and try it. And I, I, I found the functionality 
uh, of the software to be very clunky. And I just didn't have any patience for that bullshit. So I don't. So for those of you that are addicted to Second Life, kudos to you for having the patience to use such a, a clunky, fucked up program. Uh, for me, I'm going to go ahead and stick to World of Warcraft, which is actually a game that you can communicate almost as effectively on World of Warcraft with other real life human beings on World of Warcraft as you can Second Life. Plus, you have something to do. Although I have to say, it is fucking addicting. I've spent a lot of time on there. Which is why I am going to start using World of Warcraft to promote Tranny Rec Radio. Yes, I have sunk to the lowest levels of whoredom. If you are interested, and if you have a lot of time on your hands, and you're interested in a multi-massive online role-playing game, uh, you can find me, you have to buy World of Warcraft, which is why I think it's a lot better functionally than Second Life. But if you buy the World of Warcraft software, you can find me under the Colteras server, and my username is Sherwin, C-H-E-R-W-I-N. So if you are playing World of Warcraft on that server, uh, look me up and add me to your friends list. And let me know you're a listener of the show. That would just totally make me wet in every way possible if I found listeners of the show uh, on World of Warcraft. So enough about that fucking bullshit. Let's go ahead and uh, wrap this show up uh, with a song by Navi Red. What Navi Red is is a is a it is a uh, a vocal uh, band out of South Africa, and basically this song is really fucking cool because there are no instruments used in this song, and it's called Clippies, and you're going to be fucking amazed when you hear just the the vocal dynamics of all the people involved in this song. I can't remember what the genre is. It's what the genre is for this type of music. But this, when I heard this on the Podsafe Music Network, this blew my mind. Oh 
Navi Red's page on the Podsafe Music Network. They call that a, the a cappella genre. And that is absolutely beautiful. That's all I've got for you this week. Thank you again so much for spending an hour of your life with me. And until next week, I love you and go fuck yourself.